Can DK Metcalf or Keaton Mitchell win you your fantasy football league? We break that down and a lot more on tonight's In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the punch, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the chest sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you with they Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they hadn't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is November 7th, 2023. Week 10 of the fantasy football season is here. And it's kind of the time when shit starts to get real in the fantasy football landscape. Do you have a chance? Can you make a run at it? We're going we're gonna to help you tonight. Uh, for all those who are struggling out there to put the pieces together for a fantasy football playoff run, this is the podcast for you tonight. Uh, it's one of my favorite of the season, our League Winners episode. I am Seth Wilcock, and I am joined by that dude. He's an award-nominated writer, an avid Seattle sports fan and spreadsheet enthusiast, running on coffee, Scott Ryanier. Mm-hmm. What's up, Scott? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. I got my one little piece of candy here. It's Sugar Daddy. These are pretty gross, but my, my daughter brought that in for me, uh, so it's a good thing. Um, no, things are good. Just looking forward to the Seahawks not looking like absolute garbage this week. Yeah, man. Hopefully that uh, little piece of candy there can get you by. And guys, we are also joined by a new friend of the program. He's a featured analyst at FTN Fantasy, the host of FTN Dynasty, and uh, a Bills Mafia member. So I'm sure he's jumped through a couple fucking tables in his day. He's Jeremy Popperlock. I can't pronounce your last name, Pope. I apologize. Uh, go ahead and, and let us know how we can uh, best support you, find you, and uh, how we can actually say your last name. How dare you? No one's ever gotten it wrong. No, that's that's the usual. It's usually Jeremy, and then they just wait. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. But it's Popolars. It's not as bad as it sounds. Okay. It looks okay. confusing. But uh, yeah, you can find me on, uh, I guess I'll have to call it X now, right? I keep calling it Twitter on the X, podcast. Baby. But, you know, uh, at Pope's FFH, um, all my work, like you said, is over at FTN Fantasy. Um, pretty much focusing on 2024 rookie class. So if you're playing Dynasty head over there check that out other than that just some weekly ranking stuff like that over there at the moment and like you said dynasty podcast as well so hell yeah that's, man. How, that's how i came across jeremy originally it's been a little while but it was the uh the prospect threads on yes when it was i was doing threads before it was cool you know yeah no i love your threads man like because i don't i i get into the rookies pretty late in the game you know just to, yeah just have some knowledge but i always you lose it automatic bookmark yeah i appreciate it there we go there's a a lot of work so i appreciate the 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 kind words 
Dude, yeah, I, I think that's one of the hardest parts of this business is uh, getting into the thick of, of the rookie scouting, man. And it, it's something, especially now, it's kind of always happening. You know, you got to keep looking at the film week after week. So we appreciate people like you, Jeremy, out there on the ground doing the good work. Um, how are the vibes up in Buffalo, man? Because I have been to Buffalo a couple times in my life. And all I remember is that they had an awesome Ruby Tuesday in the mall. Um Whatever happened to that Ruby Tuesday? Are you a fan of Ruby Tuesday? And how are just vibes in general in Buffalo? I think you're talking about the Galleria Mall, and I think it's not there. Uh, I don't know if there's a Ruby Tuesday anywhere around anymore. I was about, I was about to say the same thing. Scott, do you have Ruby oh. Tuesdays out, out where you are? I don't think so, no. I think they're all gone. Um, there's good play. There's Dave and Buster's in that mall now, if it's the same one we're talking about. That's okay, fun. okay. You know. Okay. Get your game on, you know, have some pretzels, massive pretzels. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're probably not great. You know, I mean, if you watch a football game, watch yeah. Sunday Night Football, they ain't great, you know? Um, yeah, I think it's just kind of one of those. It's, a, I think it's 50 50. Some people are like, mm-hmm. eh, it's okay. It's injuries for the Bills. And the other half are like, this coaching staff stinks. So up and down. You know, maybe this is what the team needs. They've been cruise control into the playoffs the last couple of years and haven't gotten it done. Maybe, you know, a little bit more character going into the playoffs helps them maybe shape it up a little for the playoffs. But we'll so see. I have some, I have some know. quick breaking news. Um, Break. Ruby Tuesdays is all over the East Coast, but it doesn't look like they have a location in Buffalo. So <laughs> Are they still there? It checks out. Yeah, there's tons of them. All really? right. Fair East enough. Coast thing though, not on the West Coast. Okay, okay. Ruby figured Tuesday. that was worth worth sharing. It was. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Maybe we can get a sponsorship from Ruby Tuesday. Honestly, hey, we'll, we'll add that. Chili's. <laughs> never know. I'm good on chilies. I know that. Sure they're watching. I'm good on the chilies there, man. Um, guys, uh, we're we're gonna jump into some league winners as we mentioned. We'll chat all about that. Uh, we're also gonna get your questions from the forum and from the chat. So if there's anything we can help you with in your fantasy football journey this season, let us know. And then we'll round it out with in the scope our waivers a week early segment. We're also joined by the guy making us sound crispy and shit in the background, Kyle Nathan Scott. Kyle, what's good out there in Deberg? It's pretty good in the Berg. I'm not sure where you got Nathan from, though. Uh, <laughs> that's That really tripped me up. I've never, ever heard you call me Nathan before. No, I think why I went for it, honestly, is Nathan Scott's the kid from uh, uh, One Tree Hill. So I kind of just threw, you know, it, it made Hill? sense. How yeah. old are you? I don't know. Old, old enough. <laughs> I, it, Pope, did you watch, back me up here, Pope. Have you watched One Tree Hill? Were you trying to say I'm old? No, but I'm, I, uh, maybe a little older than me. That's for sure. No, I did not watch One Tree Hill. Sorry, Scott. Scott, I got nothing for that. Um, I have never heard of One Tree Hill. Wow, Scott, you're the TV and movies guy for us, man. Nice. Maybe man. that's everything we need to know about One Tree yeah. Hill. <laughs> sounds pretty, pretty damn to me. From <laughs> All right, tell me something from Melrose Place while you're at it. <laughs> hey, yeah. I watch. All I'll say is it opens with Gavin DeGraw. I don't want to be it. It's a great intro. For, for, I, I can't speak for the show, um, but it's a great intro to the I don't show. Know what that is either. 
<laughs> looks like we got some ibt family members in the chat what's up guys thank you so much for your support we got albert good evening ibt good evening to you albert thanks for joining us man we got tyler bradley what's up ibt tyler. what's up tyler thanks for joining us dude um and, and just want to thank everyone for all support so far this season the site we had our best month ever in october so that was really exciting and then we're so so close to 700 subscribers here on YouTube. So uh, appreciate it. But I know it sounds trivial, but all the small stuff you guys do, like liking the content, uh, subscribing, coming back to hang out with us again, that stuff helps us build a community. So we greatly, greatly appreciate it. Let's go ahead, guys. Let's get into some fantasy football league winners in our first segment of the night. Headline hijinks. <laughs> All right, headline hijinks. And Scott, this was one of, I thought, the more interesting shows we did last year. I thought we clicked on some really good league winners who were uh, guys who helped people make it to the championship, potentially win the championship a season ago. How are you feeling uh, a year later? I, I got some teams that could really use a few league winners. I'll tell you that much. Um, but I think I think we've, we've got a few options this year. I mean, there's always, there's always going to be some of those lottery tickets each and every year. So hopefully... Hopefully we get a few right tonight. Okay. All right. Well, Pope, we're going to hand it over to you first, man. Who is your fantasy football league winner for rest of season? Um, someone who could take them to the promised land. And what's your headline for it? All right. I just audibled live on this. Oh, okay. I, yes. I kind of read this wrong and I thought we were just going off of last week. So, We'll start. Well, this could have been last week, too. I just realized I just missed it earlier. Um, we're going to go with um, that will do T that will do. Um, T Higgins is a guy that I think is probably at this point might be a little bit tough to acquire, but I really think he's going to be kind of a lead winger league winner down the stretch. He was battling rib injuries. Joe Burrow was hurt right now. Jamar Chase kind of came up a little lame in that. Um touched in that game here against the bills this past week. And I really think that T Higgins is kind of not fully arrived. It's likely you'll still get some of those kind of mm -hmm. bus type of games, but I think that burrow looks much healthier. He's moving the ball. This offense is going to start clicking. They're in the thick of the playoff hunt, but they're not secured. Baltimore looks good. So they're going to have to keep playing down the stretch. And I think T Higgins is going to be a big factor in that. And I think we'll start to get kind of what we got last year. You know, that, that, wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside and we'll feel safe to start him every week. Unlike what we had earlier in the season. So he was a guy I've been kind of pounding the table on the last couple of weeks, even like even on the dynasty podcast, just because so many people were out on him in that early portion of the season that like he was a guy to go get that you've got years worth of production that someone might be afraid of for dynasty. And I think it's the same thing here. I think that he's a good player to even ta target if you're trying to win this season here, kind of at that back half. I like the call, man. I'll be honest. I was one of those people panicking in Dynasty with him. I'm rebuilding. I, I was sending out some offers for him and not really getting anything back. So I didn't take any of the low balls out there. And um, there were a lot of people, though, in redraft who were buying low on T. Higgins just a couple of weeks ago. And they could be the beneficiary because I love what I'm seeing from the Bengals. It's almost exactly what we saw a year ago. Slow start. Everyone is hitting the panic button more due to Joe Burrow's calf here, Scott. But I like T. Higgins. We know Jamar Chase is banged up here uh, with the back issues. Should be able to go here in week number 10, we're hearing. Um, but still uh, a lot up in the air. And, and T. Higgins, 
to me, he's, he sounds like he could slot in as a league winner. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's always been a stud. Um, and if, you know, I tried to buy low in a few leagues because he was just a screaming candidate for it because there was legitimate reasons why, uh, he had underperformed, um, you know, with the, the expected points model at PFF, he was one of the more, you know, the most underperforming wide receivers alongside Chris Olave. Um, but, you know, it was kind of like Burrow was hurt and then Burrow got healthy, T got hurt, and they never really lined up healthy at the same time, but they it seems to be lining up now. Um, you know, he was, you know, up at the normal 90-ish percent snapshot early in the season and then battled his injuries, and now last game he's back up into the 80s. So he's ramping up. The Bengals are ramping up on both offense and defense. Their defense has been lights out too. So, um, you know, they're getting hot at the right time. And like I said, people that were – anybody that was able to buy low from a panicking um, T. Higgins manager is going gonna, is gonna to be liking it. Down the stretch too, Pope, they have some pretty nice matchups on tap. Steelers twice, the Colts, Jaguars, Vikings. Teams were not necessarily running away from Chiefs in that Week 17 matchup where – you're thinking there's going to be some fireworks because there always is. Um, how are we feeling just in general uh, about the the Bengals? Do we think they can be a serious contender down the line? Um, right now, you can still get them close to even odds uh, to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to be a tight window, but that win against the Bills is actually really huge for them. Um just because of how good Baltimore looks, there's a chance that the Bengals might not win their division, but as a playoff seed, I think they'll get in just because again, now you have teams that are also in that same kind of category with the bills that they might not beat Miami this year for the division. Um, it's still obviously an option, but they might not. And if it comes down to tiebreakers, the bills are on the outside looking in against the Bengals. So I like that. I, I think that they'll probably make the playoffs. Okay. All right. I, too. I mean, it's kind of bizarre that, other than the Ravens, everybody's five and three in the North. Yeah. Like somehow the Steelers are five and three. It makes no sense. Um, they always have a winning think, record. You know? Again, I think, you know, like the, the, the early season Bengals, there was very good reason Joe Burrow was nowhere near healthy. Yes. And you could see it. It was obvious. Like they were getting yeah. trounced. Um, and that's not the case anymore. They beat the Bills. They beat the 49ers. Like they're, you know, they beat the Seahawks, which doesn't seem as great anymore. But. <laughs> We got Tyler in the chat saying he bought T Higgins last week straight up for Jahan Dotson after Dotson's big week. Wow, hats off to you, that's man, a, on that one. Move. Yeah, that is a fleece yeah, there. Redraft, that's that's a great move. Uh, we got Scampers in the chat. What's up, Scampers? Good to see you tonight, man. We appreciate you. Uh, Derek saying, what's up, guys? Hope all is well. Thanks for joining us, Derek. I uh, hope you're having a good Tuesday evening. He's saying, did I mess up trading away Scary Terry uh, for Jay Williams? I'm very curious what that Jay Williams is, guys. I, I don't. The ones that come to mind aren't, aren't my favorite. We, we could have three there. If it's the, Devontae, a little elaborate. Yeah, yeah, if it's Javante, I don't like it. Yeah. I, I might, I like it, but Jamal or Jameson? Eh. I, I don't think it's Jamal. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's all bad. I'm sorry, yeah. I can't sugarcoat that anyway. It's Jamal or Jameson. This <laughs> belonged on the Halloween episode last week. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going RB. Yes, yeah, we're good. We're, we're RB, good. good. Good move. Yeah, not not a bad it. move at all, man. Not a bad move. Um, let's go, Scott. Let's go to you and your first league winner of the night. Who's someone who can carry us victory this season? Okay, so this one's recency bias, but we're in week ten. So the and my headline is the best Batman was Michael Keaton Mitchell. Um, <laughs> I don't necessarily agree that Michael Keaton was the best Batman, but I was struggling coming up with a headline. Um, and this one worked. And also, 
you could use the quote that it's possible that Keaton Mitchell is the not the hero we deserve, uh, <laughs> but the hero we need right now. So again, it's based on one game, um, and there there's there's a crowded backfield in, in Baltimore. But you know, I don't get to watch a lot of. I don't. I just. I don't have red zone. I also. You know. I have two kids. I don't get to sit and just grind film and watch games. But I watch Seahawks games. Mm-hmm. So I got to watch this all of Keaton Mitchell happen in Week Nine. And th- this is not to me. This is not any kind of fluke. Um, he looked unstoppable when they gave him the ball. Um, you know, he had he had the long touchdown run, and then he had another run later that I think he just. He had, he had run a total of probably 200 yards juking and dodging people. He just got tired. He probably would have scored on that one too. So I know I know Harbaugh came out and said it's going to be a rotation. Um, that's not ideal. But this is 2023 NFL, you know. The, the, the wildest thing to me is some of the running backs who do just have that rare, yeah. huge workload, like Joe Mixon, people are just like, eh, Mixon. You know what I mean? So it's like there are committees everywhere. And this guy, I think this guy has that home run hitting ability on, on any given play. He only had, you know, 17% snap share, only saw nine carries. Justice Hill dominated that backfield, but Justice Hill, a lot of his domination of that backfield was in garbage time. They let him kind of run out the clock. Gus Edwards is, is Jamal Williams, 2023. He comes in and scores touchdowns. Um, so I think he Mitchell earned. What's that? All the touchdowns. But yeah. Um, taking him away from Lamar Jackson. I know no one likes that, but I just think Keaton Mitchell with him being absolutely free. If you picked him up earlier than this week, good for you. I have him stashed on a few dynasty teams, but um, I just think he's, he's got that league winning. He's got that league winning talent. You know, it, it, it there's not necessarily a hundred percent clear path, but no, there, there's no guarantees in this thing. He's the mm-hmm. type of guy I'm rolling the dice on. Um, you know, even, you know, he's just, he's the type of running back that doesn't need 20 touches to 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 win you your week in fantasy so i might be going a little bit overboard like i said we just saw this happen but it's week 10 you got to make moves now like the, this isn't week one yeah. like well let's see what happens with them it's like nope sorry you got to either you know, push the push the chips in or not so yeah keep mitchell it's interesting because i i think you're right that like the reason i i think i struggle to, to label him a, a potential league winner is where does it come from because gus edwards is going to take most of the touchdown equity inside the five and ten justice hill he's getting a lot of the passing down work but c- does keaton mitchell sneak in as a change of pace back here or maybe he has to come from an injury to one of these other two running backs um P- pope i want to get your thoughts on keaton mitchell this is a guy i loved watching in college holt naylor ecu and the boys like like this was just a fun team to bet on and a fun team to rally behind the last few seasons. You being a, a guy heavy into scouting, what did you like about Mitchell uh, coming into the season and your thoughts rest of the season for him? Um, So I have some tweets that involve Keaton Mitchell from draft season. Um, one of which would be, so from the last four classes, the leaders in uh, runs per attempt, so explosive runs per attempt, so it's 10 or more yards. Mm-hmm. Keaton Mitchell was actually ninth over the last four classes at .21. Um, so he's ahead of guys like DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne. Wow. Um, he's tied with Najee Harris was there, um, and he only trails guys like um, McFarland didn't really hit, um, but Ramondre Stevenson was at 0.23. Javante Williams was 0.23. And then Gibson led that grouping at 0.33, but he didn't really play running back in college. Mm-hmm. So his numbers are a little skewed. So you're really talking, he was right near the top of that class. Um, 
there was another one I know he played in his BYU game. He had nine runs over 10 yards um, in that game and averaged eight. 4 yards per uh, attempt. Um so Keith Mitchells has kind of always just been an explosive runner um and that fits really well in that Baltimore scheme once because they are just so good at getting that scheme. Right. Um there was a lot of people pounding the table. I know like Mia Kimes and stuff like that from um uh gosh, ESPN and then mm-hmm. I know just a little bit ago, you know, Adam Scheffner and them they were all talking about it too at the insiders of saying Oh, Keith Mitchell's coming off of IR. You should be adding him to your taxi squad, like stuff like that, um, and stashing him in that IR spot because there's a lot of good stuff coming out of Baltimore about him. So, like Scott said, I don't think this is really a fluke. I do think it's still going to be somewhat of a committee, but he's better than Justice Hill. He's not going to take Gus Edwards' work along the goal line just because Gus is so good at it, um, and he is undersized. But as far as an explosive runner who can kind of make a play out of nothing and kind of just create 10 yards at ease, mm-hmm. um, he's going to eat in that Baltimore system. So it really comes down to usage. And as long as Baltimore's going to use him kind of how they did this week, I, I could agree with Scott that I think you'll you'll probably get weeks that he's like three points, but you're going to get the week that you got this week, you know? So, and with the running back rooms and where everybody sits right now, as far as like production, I mean, I'm fine with that. I like it. Okay. Yeah, Scott, you just don't find his kind of feeling on the waiver wire. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just this late in the season, you just don't find it. What percentage of your fab, Scott, would you be willing to burn, let's say, like a you know, your generic 12-team PPR uh redraft? Um, depending on my depending on my need, I mean I'm probably a good twenty percent. Okay. Ish okay. somewhere in there. All right. All right. I like the energy, Scott. I like, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of reassuring us. We got to go now. We got, we got to put ourselves out there right well, now. Him and, him and Devon A-Chain are going to break the historical small running backs model this year. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, I'll go ahead and shift over to my first fantasy football league winner of the night. And it's DK Metshaft me no more. Uh, listen, dude, if you drafted DK Metcalf, you know, end of the second, early, early third, you've kind of been getting shafted so far this season, but there's still a lot to like about DK Metcalf. I think we haven't seen him top 18 PPR points, but he did have 14 targets in week eight. And then he kind of comes out here, uh, in week nine, one for 50. So it's a mixed bag is what we've gotten so far. Um, but I think now is the time to go trade for DK Metcalf. Fourth best, uh, he's got Washington this week. That's the fourth best matchup for wide receivers. And that's just one of his six games against a bottom seven matchup uh, to round out the season against opposing defenses here. So I think w- with the tide turning a little bit here in Seattle, like they got to get this thing going. Um, they're still tied for for uh, the NFC West lead. And I think DK still has a lot of those metrics we like. Air yard share, eighth best among wide receivers. Red zone targets, fifth most. True catch rate, 96.4%. I don't love what we've been seeing out of your guy, Geno Smith, Scott. Um, but but I think with these good matchups on the horizon for DK Metcalf, he's going to break out of the slump. Yeah, I mean, if I'm putting money on receivers as far as strength of schedule rest of the season, especially the playoffs, it's the Seahawks. They have, I mean, they have the best playoff schedule as far as fantasy points allowed. And yeah, Metcalf's still been getting the targets. The problem has been, I mean, in my opinion, the problem has been Geno Smith. Um, mm-hmm. he's regressed this year. Like he was, you know, up there. I can't even remember. Did he lead the league in completion rate or he was at least up there last year, always been very accurate. Yep. Um, and especially over the last three games, I mean, DK Metcalf over the last three games has a catch percentage of 
38, 36% and 25%. And that's not because he's dropping balls. Um, I mean, against Cleveland, he had 14 targets, five catches. And I, you know, like I said, I watch these Seahawks games and DK Metcalf is getting targeted like crazy and Gino is missing him. So, you know, that's not great, obviously, but Gino is a veteran and he's shown he can do it. And that that's something that can change. That's not something that's like set in stone. You know what I mean? I think Gino can improve and their matchups are going to lighten up a little bit. They've had some pretty brutal matchups. I mean, the reason I'm not panicking too much mm-hmm. based on this crazy blowout loss to the Ravens is because that's kind of the Ravens. They did the same thing to the Lions, same exact thing to the Lions at home. Um, so I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't have the same hope I had with the Seahawks before that game, but I don't think it's just, you know, all hope is lost. So, I mean, I think all their pass catchers, I think Metcalf, JSN, I think Lockett, um, all could be by low candidates, um, especially after, I mean, this, this last game is kind of just a throw out for me um, as far as the stats, you know, I mean, it's a little bit worrisome, but they just, they ran into an absolute buzzsaw in Baltimore. Yes, they did. Things are going to be better. Yep. And Cleveland the week before as well. So I'm not hitting the panic button on DK Metcalf. I'm trying to go out and acquire him. Pope, are you in on, on Metcalf and some of these, uh, of the other Seattle pass catchers down the line? I'm not so much in on DK. I mean, it, the numbers and stuff kind of seem like it lines up, but it's really Geno Smith for me, like Scott had said. Like, I don't think it comes back. We've always known what Geno Smith was. Like, last what, year was, like, out of nowhere. Just lightning in a bottle? Like, um, obviously. Have you seen this year? <laughs> like, I mean, I really think it was just kind of the hype. I think it was, I got traded. I get this opportunity here. Like, we don't need Russ. I think it was a whole team kind of thing. Like, they're good. I mean, they're not bad. Like the Seahawks aren't atrocious, mm-hmm. but like we know who Geno Smith is. Like this is kind of who he's always been. Like he <laughs> hasn't ever yeah. been able to hold a job for how long? Like it's yeah, it was great story, but I feel like that's what it was. It was kind of that one year lightning in a bottle. I don't, I don't expect him to like all of a sudden become what he was last year. Like I think that maybe he could get a little bit better. Obviously there's room for improvement, but I don't see him all of a sudden supplying DK jsn and lock it with value and i know dk is getting the targets but right now it seems like jsn is the easier throws the easier stuff underneath and he's kind of the guy who's scoring touchdowns so good point they're going away from dk as far as like the jump balls and they're kind of like oh let's you know get jsn on an out route or an in route and kind of let him you know get those three yards and score Mm -hmm. for us you know Mm -hmm. so I'm a little worried as far as like him being like a league winner. I can see a path to it. Like you said, the targets are there. He's always historically been the red zone guy. So if that goes back to where it was, then yeah, I mean, he's going to probably be the league winner, but I'm a little bit, I would lean if I was picking a Seahawks guy, I'd probably go JSN probably would be my like, just because I think that he's going to be a little bit more stable. And I think he has a touchdown upside just because that seems to be where they're going Mm -hmm. as of the last couple of games. Um, At least from what I've noticed, I mean, maybe Scott could, be a little bit more on that because he watches like the entire game but i would think that i would lean a little bit more to the jsn than the dk side yeah i mean jsn you know all the their schedules their schedule is opening up and you know the the common the common thought especially with rookie wide receivers is that second half that second half bump once they get a little bit acclimated and that seems to be it seems to be kind of taking place with jsn he's becoming a lot more involved he's getting targets that are more than one yard away from the line of scrimmage um, and he's making some, he's making some good catches. He had a really great, uh, the, the one like highlight of the game was a back shoulder deep throw down the right sideline that, that JSN played perfectly. So I would agree. I think if, if I'm, if I'm looking to, to acquire a, a Seahawks receiver right now, 
JSN is probably the one because DK is still going to command a price. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to see the ADOT come down a little bit for DK too. I think that's one of the more concerning things. The ADOT's just been so far down the field. And like you said, Pope, it's kind of opening up some stuff for JSN underneath to get those easier completions. Um, Derek in the chat saying, I really hope DK uh, turns it around for him. Uh, Justin Jefferson went down on his team, so it's been a tough one for you. Uh, I, I hope so too, Derek. Here's the hoping, man. Uh, Daniel, after my team scores zero TDs, I feel lost. Yeah, Listen, Daniel. Yeah, I, I've been there. Positive regression is coming for you, my my brother. Um, but but keep tuning into the show. We're, we got some more league winners for you and some potential uh, free agent pickups for you later on the show as well. And I'm seeing some questions filter through as well. We'll get to those uh, just here in our next segment from the forum. But let's talk about a couple more league winners. Pope, do you have another one, uh, someone you're trying to trade for, someone you're desperately trying to pick up if they are a free agent at this point? Uh, yeah, let's headline it. Uh, some Scarface references here. You know, I, I don't have an accent. I can't give it to you, but uh, say hello to my little tank. There we I go. think that... Uh, this week was obviously a huge blip on the radar for CJ Stroud, but I've been pounding the table from day one for CJ Stroud that he wasn't going to be that prototypical Ohio state quarterback that comes in and struggles. Um, he was just an elite ball placement type of guy. The narrative that he couldn't create was kind of bogus. I know he kind of squashed that. Everybody's like, Oh, the UGA game, but he was a guy that just never had to, he had the ability to put a ball into a, a small window and he didn't need to make those types of plays. I know he wasn't always winning the big game, but for fantasy, most of the time you're not in that big game. You know, like maybe he's not going to be great when the playoffs come around for the NFL, but for us, for fantasy during the regular season, um, he's a solid guy and his go to guy is Tank. You know, Tank Dell, he wants to get the ball to him. He's an elite separator. We saw that at the Senior Bowl. Again, an undersized guy. He's missed some time already with some injuries. So you get that in and out of there, but he's an explosive player, creates a ton of separation. CJ Stroud's perfect style can hit him in the on the run. Um, and even had kind of go up and get type of catch there for the touchdown uh, to win the game this past weekend for the Texans. So he's a little bit of everything. I think that he's really a guy that's going to probably be pretty consistent, a top 24 guy for you moving forward and where you got him in drafts this year. He's going to really be kind of that quote unquote lead winger from the beginning. And if you can, it's going to be tough to get him because he's coming off of like wide receiver one this week, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do really think that if you were able to get him a little bit earlier, I think that we're going to see some pretty consistent production. Um, additionally, it's another team that has a pretty favorable schedule when it comes to receivers down the stretch. It's probably not like super high, but I mean, they're teams that you can pass on. Um, and I think CJ Stroud can definitely distribute the ball to him if he stays healthy. So I'm in on that. And I think Daniel points out something uh, in the chat here. He asked them to draft tank CJ mm -hmm. Stroud. That is and. Yeah, uh, and let's not forget, it's a Houston kid, too, you know, so it's kind of a hometown story, and it all came together, and I, I think he was a very obvious, like, after-draft target this season, someone who wasn't really going in most redrafts. If he did, it was very, very late, and he, he's been excellent, and we saw it again. He's finally fully healthy. So, Scott, your thoughts on Tank Dell? We know we had no Robert Woods here, uh, but Noah Brown is emerging a little bit as well. Does that does that cloudy things for you in this Texans uh, wide receiver room? I mean, a little bit. And then you, you've also got Nico Collins. Um, you know, I mean, again, you know, Tank Dell's not going to do this every week. And CJ Stroud's not going to throw for 470 yards and five <laughs> touchdowns every week. However, he hey, show, maybe he can he show what his ceiling is in the NFL. And we saw that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. 
I think this was a, it was a big, I mean, CJ Stroud had already been impressing, but this was, this was on another level. This was like historical rookie performance level for CJ Stroud. Um, and it wasn't just, you know, I watched some analysis, you know, some people that know a lot more about quarterbacking than I do um, just kind of, you know, some, some beneath the surface stuff about some of the decisions he was making and some of the throws he was making, you know, the, the things that aren't necessarily super visual if you're just watching the, the, the game live. Um, and that his, his football IQ and his smarts are just kind of off the charts. Um, and I think, I mean, I think the rest of season tank Dell is going to be the biggest beneficiary. I mean, they throw it a lot. Um, I mean, up until a little while ago, they threw it. I think the Vikings were the only team throwing it more than the Texans. And I don't know what, if that's going to stay with the Vikings, um, if, if they're going to continue to do that. I don't even know if they have any players left that are healthy <laughs> on the Vikings at all. For real. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tank Dell, and I mean, his, his numbers dipped, but he was, he was, he was, uh, he had an injury he was dealing with. So, um, I mean, I think it's wheels up. I, I feel I'm kicking myself. I got to tell myself here, this is a 10 team home league. So, you know, pretty, pretty shallow league earlier in the season before the big, huge bust bust out, I dropped, um, a, a chain for, um, Tank, Tank Dell. So I was like, missed out on Devon. Jeez. Oh, Last week I dropped Tank Dell for somebody, um, you know. And again, this is ten team, pretty yeah. casual home league. Yeah. Um, you know, so it didn't. It just made sense at the time. You know, I didn't see. I didn't see this coming from Tank Dell, but now I'm kicking myself um, for doing that. But yeah, I mean, I think it has staying power. And I mean, any given week, this can happen. You know, um, even with Robert Woods back, I just think, you know, Dell. It's it's a little bit similar to. Um, to Keaton Mitchell in that, you know, he's, he's the explosive guy. I mean, Nico Collins is a great story. Robert Woods is a seasoned vet. Um, Dalton Schultz is a tight end, but Tank Dell, Tank Dell's that home run hitter. Um, and CJ Stroud has, has shown he is not shy about, you know, letting it loose. So I like it. I like the call. If you're still able to get him, jump on it immediately. Awesome. All right. I see we got some questions coming in through the chat. We'll get to those in just a couple minutes, guys. We got a couple more league winners for you to go out and acquire. And Scott, I'm going to go to you, man. Who's next for you? So I, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to actually try and sing this lyric. Um, yes, let's get it. Okay, I'll try. I'll try. My wife's in the other room. She's going to she's going to she's going to love this. So here we go. Jake on me. Jake me on so um very well done it's, it's it's based on one of my favorite songs of all time take on me by a 80s synth pop band from norway so i mean that's that's the whole recipe right there an 80s synth pop band from norway you know you cannot go wrong there's a song go. called take on me also has one of the better music videos of that time uh, a really clever music video for the mid 80s um, anyway, so it's play on that. And the Jake in this case is not Jake Bobo. It's not Jake Funk. Not it's, Jake Elliott. Um, it's not Jake Elliott. It's okay. not Jake Plummer. It's not Jake Kumaro. <laughs> it's uh, it's Jake Ferguson, tight end with the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, tight end's been a meandering roller coaster like any other year. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've kind of been, you know, there hasn't been as much tight end wasteland complaining going on on X or Twitter or whatever, because we've kind of been treated with some of these rookies and then some of these, you know, some of these other tight ends who are, who are finding some success later in the, in the season. And Jake Ferguson's one of them. I mean, the, the Cowboys made their statement when they let Schultz go and they didn't really do much more at tight oh, yeah. end. Yeah. They drafted somebody, but Ferguson was set to be their guy. And 
it took a little while over the course of the season, but over the last two games, I mean, snap shares up into the 80%. He's running tons of routes. Um, and he had a tight end one week. I mean, 10 targets, seven catches, 91 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's second among tight ends, according to player profile in red zone targets. And that's with not being used that much earlier in the season. He's still second in red zone targets. Oh, so okay. Dak Prescott is playing well. You know, people, it's polarizing quarterback. He's playing well. And Ferguson's one of his favorite targets. Brandon Cook's experiment isn't really working out. Michael Gallup has games here and there. CeeDee Lamb is a monster from another planet. That's not going to change. But I think Jake Ferguson, and he's still available. Um, I think he's he's a he's a great option at tight end if you if you'd been playing the Darren Waller game up until now or or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that I mean wouldn't be surprised. He scores a touchdown most weeks, so I'm I'm all I'm all about Jake Ferguson. This is a sour name for me right now because I pulled a Scott. I've been rostering Jake Ferguson pretty much most of the season, I, and I had a great tight end. I had Kelsey. It was one of those things I was kind of just holding on to him, trying to flip him. I got offers like a couple weeks ago for JSN for him and Jahan Dotson for him. And I didn't take any of the offers. And then he started to go downhill. I dropped him on his bye week. I didn't pick him back up. And now someone else has the valuable guy here in Ferguson. So, yeah, I'm pissed off about it. Um, But, Scott, I think you lay out a really good point. Pope, to me, I think he's the number two receiving option uh, for the Dallas Cowboys moving forward. Is that kind of how you see it, too? Yeah, I mean, I was one of those people that was kind of like softly pounding the table for Jake Ferguson in the offseason. It just made a ton of sense. Like he was so late in drafts and it was like they didn't do anything like Luke, Luke Shoemaker was hurt in the offseason yeah. kind of. And like even at that, like he was like a later round, like not super late, but like not a super high draft pick. And like Ferguson was a good player at, at Wisconsin when he was there. He was an underrated receiver, I felt, coming out of that draft class. And I really liked him, and I thought that there could be potential here. We saw it with a under, like an under-athletic tight end in Dalton Schultz. Dallas made him viable. Um, I think this team was projected to be a little bit more run heavy, and that's mm-hmm. just not working. So I think in the last couple of weeks, we've kind of seen them kind of shift a little bit more to just passing the ball because that's what they've been good at for the last couple seasons so i think that that shift has helped ferguson a lot um but i like it i think that he's a solid tight end that's going to give you constant production you know he's safe for you know five to eight targets um and like scott said he's one of the favorite targets in the red zone um so yeah i like it all right guys we're gonna get to your questions here in just a second i'm gonna round us out with my final league winner Alexander the mid Alexander Madison and listen I don't love Alexander Madison I've never loved the profile but the Vikings are rolling right now with Joshua Dobbs and I think Alexander Madison has to be part of it no Kirko chains Jay Jet might be back here soon but maybe not at 100% KJ Osborne kind of took that scary pop there on Sunday as well TJ Hawkinson bruised his ribs uh and it kind of just leaves like Alexander Madison, Jordan Addison out there for, for the Vikings. He was already six in weighted opportunity, ninth in snap share, 10th in expected fancy points per game among running backs. Cam Akers is out of the picture now. We kind of sad to see Cam Akers go down with another Achilles. Like the guy can't catch a break, gets gets uh traded earlier this season. But Alexander Madison, the schedule sets up brilliantly after this week with the Saints. So maybe you don't have to trade for him before week 10, but definitely before week 11, because then he gets Denver, Chicago. It's the bye week, Las Vegas, Cincinnati, Detroit, and then Green Bay in championship weeks. 
there's four great matchups, like a top five matchups for running backs in there. This feels very David Montgomery uh, 2020s to me. Like it's a mediocre running back who's just going to get a shit ton of volume down the stretch for a pretty good team, in my opinion, and he could win some people some leagues. I mean, it's kind of a last man standing situation. <laughs> yeah. So I will I will take this opportunity to set to say I think at this point we should probably just give ourselves a push on our my Rashad White versus your Cam Akers. Yeah, yeah. Season. No, no, I'll take I'll take I was I'll gonna take win it, but I'm not friend. gonna do it with an injury. So I'll take um, I'll, I'll take it. But no, I mean like Alexander Madison's never gonna excite excite me. He's a guy I was low on you know, coming in, coming into the year, even with the starting job, you know, he just didn't, he just didn't move the needle for me as a running back. Um, but in, in this scenario, um, you know, cause Cam Akers was starting to, to, to make a move for some playing. He was. You know, he was, he was, he was making a move and, and I was low on Cam Akers too, but if he had taken over in Minnesota, I would have been all over it. Um, cause I, I like Akers better than Madison, but you know, in the current environment with, with the way the running back, the, the running back environment is in the, in, in the NFL right now and in fantasy football, um, you know, he probably is pretty cheap to acquire. And, you know, I don't know, it depends on how we're defining league winner. Um, but I think, I think he's a, he's a steady safe play rest of season. I think he has legit like RB one upside, like low end right. RB1 other, upside. Than, other than the lions in week 16 and then the saints this week, his, his, the, the Vikings RB schedule couldn't be any better. Um, it's, it's, it's juicy. Um, I just, the reason I don't necessarily see a David Montgomery type thing is I just don't think he's as good as David. No, no, no. I, I, I I don't either. I don't either, but yeah, I, I don't know if I'm just watching too many, uh, you know, Minnesota hype videos with Creed playing in the background. I don't know if you guys caught that one, but, uh, I will say that the whole Joshua Dobbs story this week (laughs) was one of the, you know, speak like Geno Smith had his good story, but he is being completely upstaged this year by Joshua Dobbs. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, considering I mean, just like a the... little, little bit of icing on the cake that it happened to Arthur Smith. But yeah, I mean, considering that, like you said with Josh Dobbs, like he's been traded to two teams and started like a week or two later. Not even, you know, like that's yeah. what makes it even more better than like Geno that Smith. Video... Like it's just crazy. Like the ability to to pick that up and to survive an NFL field, like with not knowing anything that's going on, really, you know, like well, he's I just think... out there playing backyard football. Like, get open for me, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like pretty it, much, like and the way it did with like a game-winning touchdown. Yeah. That video of him walking into the locker room, like yes, goosebumps, yes. man. Just like that's yeah. like the beauty of sports, yeah. right there, right? Like mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Yeah. It yeah. Was... Awesome. I'll say that Seth, I, I could get behind it. Like I like you guys all iterated, like not great. And Alexander Madison proved he's just bad. Like that's why they went and got K make. I wouldn't say bad, but like no more than mid, like you have right in the title. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he's like just a guy. Headline. Like it's a great headline. <laughs> yeah. They went to go get Cam Akers for a reason to kind of like bolster that. Yeah. And they also didn't have faith in the guys who were behind Cam Akers. So now those guys are back in the limelight. So I don't think they're really stealing anything because they couldn't do it before. Um, so it's a guy that's going to have a ton of opportunity, a quarterback that's probably not going to throw as deep and as often as Kirk Cousins did. He's going to look for those checkdowns more often. So he'll get that benefit there and just the large workload. Like it's could he can be as efficient as he wants, but with that workload, he's going to be a solid weekly RB2. Like it doesn't take a lot to be an RB2 in yeah. fantasy football right now. Like, 
their average is like eight points. Like we're not talking like a lot. I don't know yeah. if it's like like Scott said, like a whole on week league winner, but like he's a guy that you can plug in and he's gonna give you some big weeks. And he might, you know, be that borderline running back one, like you said. Maybe he gives you a consistent thirteen points, which is hard to do at the running back position lately. So and I will yeah. say he's been more involved in the receiving game than I anticipated mm-hmm. this year. So I'll give him that. We need some fucking Dwayne McBride, boys. We need some fucking Dwayne McBride. I've been beating that Ugh. drum. I've been beating that drum. Yeah, I let people talk me into it a little bit in the offseason. I didn't love it at first. And then yeah. I was like, some people I saw that I really respect, they're like, yeah, no, he's really good. And I'm like, all right. And then draft Wasn't came. He and I was like, like, big, uh, like a, a big uh, breakaway run guy. Didn't he have a pretty yeah, high breakaway run rate? Thought he did. Yeah, but he was he playing, was playing at UAB. UAB. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's a little grain grain of salt there. Uh, but let's get to the people's questions here in from the forum. If you're up, stuck, think about what to do here in between. We got advice for you. Back and forth all day, trying to pick the play. Let's hear what the boys here had to say. Presented by the Fantasy Football Advice Network. All right, the Fantasy Football Advice Network, we can't thank them enough for partnering with us this season. They are a platform where players and creators can support each other. It's powerful. It's a fun community, and you're getting real answers and real advice over there. It basically takes those apps like Discord, Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, combines it all into one platform for fantasy footballers, and it's free to join. So go over there. Um, I'll be honest. Sometimes I I get on there myself, and I I have to ask questions because I'm just like, damn, am I making the right decisions? And I'm seeing other analysts do the same thing. Like we're all kind of one big community over there. So make sure you're checking out over at the Fantasy Football Advice Network, fantasyfootballadvice.com. Probably the best URL uh, out there. I know that was probably a, a pretty penny to buy, uh, but make sure you're checking it out. You can use the promo code IBT for 25% off your upgrade and get even more content over there. Um, but let's get some questions here, folks. And scrolling back through quite a few tonight um all right drop christian kirk or flowers in ppr i'm not doing either of these scott i think that's pretty pretty self-explanatory yeah i mean i'm not just dropping them straight up i mean flowers is a little bit concerning for me right now concerning for sure i wrote him up as one of the I hate to use the word loser, but it's in the title of the article, Winners and Losers. I wrote him up as one of the losers just because his involvement has just started to crater. But I'm not dropping either of them. Yep. Uh, Daniel here in the chat saying, should I trade Ford for Aaron Jones? Pope, your thoughts on this one. Aaron Jones came out like a madman here in week number nine. 20 rushing attempts for him. A a guy who we've kind of been hands off for a long time on just because he hasn't had the production uh, or the opportunity so far this season. I'm going to say no. Um, I like Aaron Jones and I like Jerome Ford as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think though, Jerome Ford also kind of proved this week too, that he's a little bit going to be more involved than Kareem Hunt down the stretch. Um, And I think Jerome Ford's offense is a little bit more, a little bit better. Um, Aaron Jones, maybe if it's a PPR league, you get a little bit of bonus there, but we also saw him miss, you know, half of the season thus far for the hamstring injury that he sustained in week one. So what's the viability there? Um, Ford, I know has missed some time too. Obviously the running backs do, but I kind of still like Jerome Ford a little bit better, I think than Aaron Jones. Um, 
the rest of the season as wild as that sounds. It's me. a heavy, it's a heavier run team. They're going to be a better team that's trying to win with their run game and defense. So it, it makes sense. I, I think the upside might be a little bit higher for Aaron Jones, Scott. Um, break this tie between me and Pope, if you would. Um, man, when this question first came up, my knee-jerk instinct was Aaron Jones, but I, I think I would, I think I would go Jerome Ford. Um, I think he's the back to own in Cleveland. Um, I mean, Kareem Hunt scored a few touchdowns, but. You know, Jerome Ford, I don't know how he came back after that ankle injury the next that week. That was wild. The way it looked, I, I, yeah. I had him in my IR slot where I have him. And yeah. I was like, oh, wait, he's got projected points. He's playing. Um, but I like, and I mean, Aaron Jones, and of course, like I in, in another article I wrote last week, I faded Aaron Jones, and that's the week he goes off because that's the way it works. But um, I'm still worried about his hamstring. I'm worried about that offense, uh, the, the Packers offense in general. Um, I think, you know, I mean, Aaron Jones has gotten older and he's always kind of been that guy that like, he'll put up that monster game, but then he'll disappear. And I just, yeah. I feel, I feel, I feel like there's more risk for more disappearance than monster games rest of season. So I, I would prefer Jerome Ford, which is a really weird thing to say. <laughs> Damn. You guys might've talked me off the ledge there. I'm going to be honest. Now I'm thinking like, I'm afraid about the old heads, the old heads. Like I got, I got proposed a, a trade today earlier and I was giving up like my favorite player in the world, Brees Hall. So it was really hard to do that to begin with. And I was going to a bunch of fucking old heads. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know. Real if quick, I can. The, a dynasty trade I made last year. You know, you never know when a dynasty trade is going to pan out. But I traded Antonio Gibson and I think a pick or something for Jake Ferguson and Jerome Ford. There we and go. That is, that is helping me immensely at this current moment. Love it. We got Daniel saying uh, one more thing. Since Kyler is back, would it be smart to go stash Rondell Moore? He is one of Kyler's good targets. What I'll say about this is Scott is going to talk about another Arizona Cardinals receiver later in the show. So he can add on for more with that. But I'm not as excited uh, for more as I am some other potential Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray back. Hey, guys, should I trade Kenneth Walker for Bijan? Pope, I'm going to go to you. I don't want Scott's bias in this question. Where do you lean? So the issue is, is how hurt is Kenneth Walker? And is it, is he hurt? And that's why Charbonnet is getting involved? Or is it because they're realizing maybe Charbonnet is a little bit more of what they want and it's going to be a little bit more of a committee than what we're hoping for? Um, but Bijan's also just apparently retired. Yeah, yeah. I don't really, maybe he's got coached. I don't know. Maybe he's a coach now. I don't really know. Um, so <laughs> I think you're in like a, you're just trading to trade situation. Personally, I think both their upsides are very equal. Uh, Walker's leans a little bit more to touchdowns, but yeah, John could be really a league winner if they decide to use him. Um, but they really like Tyler Ogier for good reasons. He was good last season. And he's still kind of productive. Um, but a lot of times I just think Arthur Smith just is like, uh, you guys want him, So I'm not going to use him. So, um, I'd probably say Ken Walker personally. Um, okay. Just I think there's more likelihood that yeah. he's reinvolves and becomes the guy in the offense. I think no matter what Bijan does, he's going to be in a committee in an offense that's just not good as far as like producing a ton of fantasy points. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I I've been riding the Bijan train in a couple of leagues, and I'm just kind of sick of it, man. You know what I mean? I I don't know what's happening there. It's really hard to get in Arthur Smith's mind. So I, I like the call to stay put with Kenneth Walker for George. Turbo saying, go Raiders, the best colors in the NFL, and uh, we have the best fans in the world. 
Yeah. I, hey, man, I, I I bet on the Raiders this week, even as favorites, just because I I kind of liked them as a as a get right spot for him after again Josh McDaniels out of there. And how about it, man? Like they fucking hated Josh McDaniels. There's Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, dude. Oh my, I don't think I've ever seen teams smoking cigars and partying after you know getting to 500 in the middle of the season and a coach just got fired. I mean, I think it's great just because like. Yeah, I want my fantasy players on the Raiders to succeed, but like it was just good to see the Raiders players and like Devontae yeah. Adams and Josh Jacobs just like smiling and having fun. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just yeah. been like from all that I've heard, it's just Josh McDaniel's a nightmare. So they they, they are free of that. Um the the Patriots Belichick coaching tree continues to um fail miserably. And so yeah, Raiders Raiders are kind of an exciting team, in my opinion, the rest of the season. Dave saying great pipe, Scott, and great song. And then we got AJ in the chat. What's up, AJ? Thanks for making time for us today, man. Moster and A-Chain for Bijan getting ready for playoff. I No, I'm not making this trade at all. I, I No, no no way in hell. I, am I misreading something here, Pope? <laughs> no, it, it says, I mean, it doesn't say A-Chain. It says Achieb. <laughs> but, um, so maybe that's a new player that I don't know about. No. Uh no, I'm not. I, I, do I think A Chain's going to give you what he's given you all year? Unlikely. I think he's still highly productive. I don't think he's going to give you, you know, those. You know, I mean, he could. He's an explosive runner, yeah. but I don't. I don't think he's going to be like twelve yards to carry. Yeah, I think that slows down. I know their schedule. I think gets a little bit tougher for Miami. Um, but you've got two guys that were perennial top 24 players even when they were both in both were what top 12 a couple times so like Mm -hmm. i'm keeping both of those guys because you could almost start both of them every week um as long as everything continues on track for miami where Bijan's almost to the point of like you're still starting him but like you're really nervous you're plugging him in and you're like please don't give me zero points like yeah i never feel that way with mozart and i never feel that way with a A chain at least thus far um since he became a full-time guy there so no, I think getting ready for the playoffs. No, I'd rather have the other side for sure. So much more value, I think, on that other side. I want Here's, to say just for the, just yeah. for the record, for the record, I would have taken Bijan over Walker. FYI, just oh, you never, really? you, you never went to me, but I would take Bijan. I still have okay. I'm I'm stand I'm I'm standing pat on Bijan. I'm probably going to try and buy low if I can. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't do I, Mostert and a chain. No, I mean, no, this is suicide. If you look at the season, like until the last few games and then that cr- crazy, weird, non-reported headache game, you know, he was right around an RB1. I'm talking about Bijan Robinson. And now that the Falcons, whatever Arthur Smith is doing, whatever all the speculation, they have lost two straight games to backup quarterbacks. There is going to be some sort of pressure on him. He doesn't he doesn't rule that team to maybe change something up. And, you know, somebody put out a good stat today on Jonathan Taylor. He was the RB18 until right around this time in his rookie year. So I just think with the, I'm still betting on it. I'm still betting on that talent coming through. I mean, all the jokes about Arthur Smith and the frustrations aside, I'm I'm He's standing pat on Bijan. I'm just I'm standing pat. I'm not getting rid of him. I might try and buy low. Um, I'm going to continue to start him and take my lumps as they come. Okay. All right. You're not going to be like Bo McBrayer, uh, one of our IVT staff members. He's just burying Arthur, Arthur Smith today on Twitter. Just meme after he is, meme uh, after he meme. Is, he is, as they say, on one today <laughs> with Arthur Smith. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been great to see. Uh, Lucia saying, miss the content. Awesome to see you guys on. 
you think uh, dropping Dallas Goddard, uh, he needs a tight end. Only options are Janu and Gerald Everett. I think I'm trying, if I have an IR spot, I'm trying to hold Goddard. If not, I think we can what's, probably. What's the status of his injury? I'm, I'm four to eight weeks is what we're looking at. It is oh. a forearm fracture. So four to eight weeks, like in a redraft with no IR, depending how big your benches are, Lucius, I'm dropping him probably. Which hate would I hate yeah. to say that, but if there's an IR, throw him in the IR, hundred percent. Um, and he needs a tight end here. Options are Johnu or Gerald Everett. I trust Johnu more at this point, which I know we just got done bagging on Arthur Smith. What's but happening? What yeah, happening? that was Johnu. This the, the, this right here is the most clear example of like this weird timeline we're in. You know, again, <laughs> Arthur Smith, all that stuff, but Johnu Smith of all tight ends is the one that's like basically leading the way. In Atlanta, and a lot of his touches are like what we thought Bijan was going to get, like these screens, <laughs> shit like that. Like it's like, oh, Johnny Smith's the better athlete. Let's do this. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like it's end wild the with Johnny Smith at the goal line. Yeah, at the Bijan. Yeah, um, it, I would. Yeah, and I, I would say check check your wire for Ferguson. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. I think. I think there's even probably likely Lucius. There's probably some other players out there that I'd have over these guys too, like like the Kate Ottens, um, some other tight ends that are getting a little bit more involved. Um, but if you're going between these two, like John o. Smith is probably the one I trust the most. I mean, Gerald Everett's going to be more involved like consistently, but he's mm-hmm. also not like going to give you those high weeks that Johnny's been giving you. So I really wish they'd get the ball to Gerald Everett more. <laughs> yeah, it's it, this past it's week wild. he had a, he had a he had a really really good play, and then he didn't see another target. He's been good all year. It's yeah. it's just they don't. I don't know. They're trying to make Quentin Johnson a thing, which is not really happen, be coaches, different day. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Like, why am I not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't get I don't get what someone did to fuck up the timeline. Like you know how like they say butterfly effect and you can't go back in the time and start changing shit or everything's gonna be on a weird timeline. I think that's what happened, and that's why we're getting John U. Smith I, and all all the other weird shit. Well, he signed in New England. That was a problem. That's We've a good point, like Gasecki's the same way. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, it's a great. All point. they do is they sign up to 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 help Hunter Henry to turn into an asset. So, <laughs> like, I want to be excited about Demario Douglas, but. He's a wide receiver that was drafted by the Patriots, so I don't know if I can. Yeah, it's just know. never going to happen. It doesn't work. <laughs> we, got, uh, we got Chang Vang in the chat. What's up, Chang? Thanks for joining us tonight, man. He says, I have Monty and Mostert. He has A-Chain and Gibbs. Should I trade Mostert for Gibbs? It's pretty close, mm. man. Mine's a no. I don't think it's close for me. I, the only I, reason is, is it, it's Dan Campbell. Let's be real. Yeah, Montgomery's going to gonna be heavily used again it's yeah, the same our, thing yeah. with Bijan. like he's gonna he's gonna use them our other co-host eric he, he's been beating the, the drum of dave montgomery for like seven eight months on this show so i can't go against eric here and like i think i'd just rather be exposed to two different offenses especially yeah, like high octane this one. is kind of an odd trade like both teams <laughs> yeah. getting the backfields taken both two really good backfields yeah um yeah. I mean, I guess here's here's a way to look at it though. If you Chang as as the manager here think that Mostert's going to disappear when A Chain comes back, then yeah, I'm making the trade because Gibbs is going to be involved. We know that he kind of has proven to get some of those touches. Where Mostert's looked kind of bad since A Chain's been out, he's still producing, but like he hasn't been the same. Um, so if you think that A Chain's going to take that role, then yeah, I mean, you might be able to start Gibbs over Mostert most weeks. So I guess it really depends on how you value Mostert. The rest of the season, 
mm-hmm. I guess would be the way I'd look at it. I think it's close. I think it's close. I just think for a, for a team building stance, I, I, I just kind of want to expose to two different backfields. Stacy in the chat. What's up, Stacy? Thanks for joining us tonight, man. Um, all right, Kenny, uh, start two full PPR, Bijan, JT, or Mixon. Jonathan Taylor's a must start in this situation. Um, how are we feeling about the other two for you guys? And is Jonathan Taylor not a must start? Because I, I think he technically would be in this scenario. Um, Got to pull up those matchups as well. But Scott, what, what are you thinking in the vacuum here? Because it is kind of trust hard to trust Bijan, as we just said. Um, it is hard to trust Bijan, although they get the – what is it, week 10? They get the Cardinals this week. So that's a – Fucking cake, a, cake matchup, yeah. That's a juicy matchup. The, but the – the Bengals get Houston, which is also a nice matchup. And the Colts get New England, which is not as great of a matchup. But I, I mean, I think I'm probably starting JT. He, he, yep. he is like yep. the one yeah. guy. Yes, yep. starting He's now. the lock. Yep. It, it would come down to the other two. And I know I just banged the drum for um, Bijan, but that was more of a rest of season thing. I mean, I, I think I just, just based on you know, I, I think it's going to I think it's going to get better for Bijan, but it, man, it's hard to start him over someone like Mixon, who we know more than pretty much any running back other than like Josh Jacobs and Saquon yeah. Barkley is going to see like all the work in Cincinnati. So I'd probably go JT and Mixon. Pope, any any difference in opinion from you? The, the Cardinals are just a you know a great matchup for Bijan, but it's still risky as hell. Yeah, I mean, I, I have Bijan ranked at like at 19 running back rb running okay. back 19 this week at least right now it might change by sunday but uh both nixon and taylor i have in the top 12 so i'm starting those two Fire i wish up. clayton tune was still starting with the cardinals so the falcons would have the chance to lose to three straight backup quarterbacks but we, appreci- we appreciate the question kenny stay trail out there our friend um alex was offered tay uh, Devonte Adams and Amari Cooper for Bijan and Garrett Wilson. Should I take it? No, I'm not. No, I'm not doing no. this deal. I'm not doing this deal at all. No way. No, 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 no way in hell. <laughs> am, am I, am I overthinking this? I feel like I would much rather Bijan and Garrett Wilson rest of the season. I don't, I don't want right. to. Right, we go to Seth. Seth, what do you think about this one? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's intriguing to me. I just really? I don't have as much faith in Bijan like becoming something this season. Yeah, like I really just don't. I think he's going to be a solid running back too. I just, I don't think he gets that ceiling we want. I think Arthur Smith likes Tyler Algier. I think he just likes what he's doing. Um, I don't know. His running backs are would be Saquon and Najee. I can't do that because they're both sketchy at this point too. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. It would be the team. Like, I want Bijan then, just because those two running backs, like Saquon's, every time he touches the ball he's on the sideline because they're just riding him out and now she's just uh, he's even worse than Bichon. so yeah no i'm keeping Bichon and garrett wilson or scott, i'm making the trade to get those guys i don't know okay. which way that was okay um scott i want to go to you fr- from cha here uh thoughts on two arrest the season especially with the playoff schedule you're kind of the strength of schedule matchup guy. How do we feel about Tua? Uh, we, we do have some A-chan coming back. So on one end, maybe they r- run the ball a little bit more. But just in general, the offense looked a lot more explosive with A-chan. Some of that was dump-offs, too, that, that were counting for points for Tua. Yeah, Tua's a tough one right now because, I mean, it's not just playoff schedule. It's the, the Miami schedule for quarterbacks. I think they have the only, the only green 
matchup, which means good matchup in my little system here, is week 13 against the Commanders. Everything else is red. And I mean, there's some teams that are surprisingly red, like the Titans and the Raiders, who weren't really thought to be tough quarterback matchups, but they have been. Um, so, but, you know, it really depends on who you might pivot to. I, I do agree that A-Chain coming back is going to help, but I mean, I'm a little concerned because the, the the splits for the Dolphins this year, you know, you can look at home road, all that kind of stuff, but their splits on good opponents and bad opponents are pretty significant. How they've looked against, you know, inferior opponents versus how they've looked against some of the top teams in the NFL. And again, their rest of season schedule, I'm talking about, you know, fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. You know, the Raiders are not considered a juggernaut in the NFL. Um, you know, but they got two games against the Jets, really good defense. They, you know, the fantasy playoffs for the for the Dolphins are the Jets, the Cowboys, and then at Baltimore. So that's brutal. Um, but I mean, it would really it really depends on what you what your option is to pivot to because I mean it's still the Dolphins. Um, you know, the weapons they have, the ceiling they have as a team, we've seen it. Um, so it, it'd be kind of hard to get away from him just solely based on a tough schedule. Um, you know, that's, I reserve that more for like, you know, the, your streaming options. Um, you know, but it's, it, it's, it's not pretty, it's not, it's not a pretty look ahead schedule for them. So it really would depend, like I said, on, you know, which quarterback you'd potentially be able to pivot to. Pope, any thoughts on Tua? So it's going to sound wild and crazy, but yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not that wild. It's just me saying that I don't think Tua is like overly great. Um, I think Tua is kind of a system quarterback. Um, one stat that was really wild to me um, was from this weekend that I retweeted that Tua hasn't beaten a team with a winning record in 406 days. Holy so... God. Looking wow. at that schedule, uh, he's not beating the Ravens. It's probably going to be a really bad game for him, fantasy-wise. Cowboys are going to eat them alive, um, especially with an offensive line that keeps getting banged up. The Jets' defensive line is probably going to be able to get to him and disrupt him. Anytime a play is off of schedule, he struggles mightily. Um, so for me, I really would not love Tua. I just have always avoided him. I thought I was like, oh, I'm going to have to take the L on it. But as we've seen now throughout the season, you get a decent defense up against him and it kind of starts to kind of fall apart for him. So I think with Waddle's injury, that's not helping him. A chain's going to give him a boost, like you guys said. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking for options. I just I, I mean, it's tough to avoid because we've seen the ceiling. Like if somehow he turns it around and like they look good against some winning teams here in the next couple of weeks, like. And then I want all of it. I mean, he could be the quarterback one. And he has that upside. It's just kind of like he hasn't proven it against a good opponent. So I'm I'm scared. But again, like Scott said, like you got to get somebody that's close. You know, like I, I yeah. wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I'm not going to start Sam Howell over him. You know, like, I was, I mean, that was my good. That was legit, but like, my next question. That's, that's the, the name, name I. Yeah. That like was you know, I like like I mean that's like kind of uh, you know if I, Trevor Lawrence maybe but Lawrence has been bad you know like it's like who are you really getting like unless you can go get Lamar Jackson you know Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes Jalen Hurst like I guess I'm riding them you know maybe <laughs> Joe Burrow maybe you can get Burrow still maybe they haven't caught on yet that he's healthy you know maybe but long answer short not great not great crit chop yeah. not, not not great not feeling great. Uh, Jelly of the month waiver pickup Dobbs since no backup quarterback or grab and stash Fournette. We talked about Fournette last week when Tyler was on the show. That was his in the scope candidate. 
I think he's still a very interesting stash ahead of week 10. Depending who your regular quarterback is, I think would kind of help us a little bit determining if you need a backup or not, Jelly of the Month. If it is someone in that Sam Howell range, I don't mind going out and getting Dobbs and having him on the bench, but you can also stream quarterback so often too if you need one. So probably stashing for net there. And any contrarian opinions from you guys? No, I mean if this is one QB, if it's a one QB league, then I'd ra- I'd rather stash Burrow. for net than Burrow. Fournette. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You're good. Uh, you're never not starting Joe Burrow, so I just good. go for net. I don't like Fournette, but like you're not not starting Joe Burrow, so. You're outside of an there. injury so you're out there man uh lucius saying auden is out there he was talking about some tight ends he was looking for earlier thanks for the help you guys are great yeah we'll talk about some in a couple minutes as well uh wow this is probably one of the more interesting uh questions we've ever gotten on this show and we even got asked about applebee's last week we got asked about boxers or briefs so we've had some good questions lately this is a good one seven and two 18 league ppr one kickerless last week would have dropped a buy player if needed but now kelsey's on a buy would you drop kirk or flowers to grab a kicker or just wait until i drop the tight end i stream so this i wonder is this the same because it's asking about dropping yes yes kirk yes, or flowers. yes yep. i'm assuming it's the same yes yep with- same with uh, significantly more context. Um, you know, I've played this game in, in, in some leagues. Like I'll, if, if the, the ESPN scoring format allows you to pick up people and not have a kicker rostered, and then I make a decision, you know, prolongs the amount of time I have to make a decision on a player. Um, if at seven and two. Um, that's, that's the other caveat. You're seven and two. At seven and two in an eight team league, if you're looking good, if you're looking good for the playoffs, I, I probably wouldn't drop. Although, you know, eight, eight team league though, Zay Flowers to me doesn't seem as must roster, um, in in, in with that amount of, with that amount of teams. So, man, it is it is hard even if I'm looking good for the playoffs to to purposely take a freaking donut in a spot that I could get points. I know. Um, I know. I don't know. So, I think in I think in an eighteen league, I might drop flowers right at the last second for a kicker. Pope. So to put it in perspective, I track half PPR finishes. Um, I haven't done it this week, but Zay Flowers hasn't finished higher than wide receiver fifteen, um, and he currently is the thirty third receiver as far as like average finish goes. Um, so to me, in an eight team, depending on how many you start, like I wouldn't even roster Zay Flowers. Like depending on what my wide receivers were, like. He's not going to hit like he's not going to explode and be a wide top 12 wide receiver. Mm-hmm. It's not the offense like it. He's going to have some good weeks to be a solid wide receiver, too. But like their defense is too good. They're not going to be out of games really hardly where they're going to need to throw a ton. And they're probably just going to ride the ground game, especially now with Keith Mitchell arriving. Um, so you're going to get those weeks of that consistent, you know, two, three, four or five targets, 50 yards, you know, in an 18 team league. If. To me, I think he's droppable. I know it's just a kicker, but like, yeah, at least the kicker's getting you ten points versus a flowers getting you eight points on the bench. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good point. I would do it. You know, like I just, I just think depending on your roster, like there's no way I'm starting flowers in an eighteen team league ever outside th- of eyes. You know, I, I think you're 100 percent right. The upside's just not there for an eighteen team or an eight team league there. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'll drop him Sunday morning, like Scott said, and. Uh, move on, move on with my life. 
All right, last question here before we jump into some in the scope. Appreciate everyone's time. Uh, 10-team half-point PPR. He gives out his team here, Derek. He's got Hurts. He's got Josh Jacobs, James Cooks, uh, Javante Williams, DK Metcalf, DeAndre Hopkins, Puka, Justin Jefferson. Uh, He wants to know who he should trade to get better at wide receiver. Man, if you're trying to get better at wide receiver, it's a pretty good damn wide receiver core in my opinion. I don't know. Can you consolidate Pierce and Charbonnet? Trade them off. You know, maybe package them with a with a foreman. Or I, it, I, that's kind of where I'd be looking. I'd, I'd probably try and be looking to include foreman because uh, Herbert's coming back soon. Um, you know, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to take back his job. But Foreman's been effective. You know, he's 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 thrown a lot of water on all our Roshan Johnson hopes and dreams, but he's been effective. So I think he does have a little bit of, of, of trade value. Um, but that's probably what I do. That's a lot of running backs. I would probably try and package a couple of those RBs. Um, but, you know, like fantasy managers are savvier these days and they're going to po- yeah. probably see what you're trying to do there. Um, yeah. I would honestly, I'd try to move like the Charbonnets or the Foremans for like somebody who's like, we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, you know, like the JSNs or like somebody who hasn't really hit yet that's on that rise Cause like, I think you could convince somebody who thinks Charbonnet's taken over for Walker. Like I think Charbonnet is your best piece as far as like leveraging that. Like mm-hmm. you said, Scott, like they're going to know Foreman's going to lose his job to Herbert. Yeah. Like Damian Pierce has been absolutely bad. Like how can you, like, I don't know what his, I, I wouldn't want him. I, <laughs> yeah, no, like, I mean, I don't know what his market value is, but like, I don't want it. Um, so that would probably be my route or maybe trade one of the tight ends. Maybe you can trade Dalton Schultz. He's looked good the last couple of weeks, you know, or trade Ingram just based on a name value. Like maybe you can get like a mid, I don't think you're ever going to get like a high end guy, but you might be able to get some depth, you know, and a guy like a DJ Moore, maybe a Jahan Dotson who's coming on like somebody like that. Um, maybe. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know why you're looking for more wide receiver depth here, Derek. I would be looking to build some more running back, like higher end pieces, you know, like Josh Jacobs, is a low end RB one at best to me rest of season, maybe a high end RB two. And then you have James cook. Who's kind of a, you know, plug your nose and play him every week. Javante Williams, same type of thing. Like I'm feeling worse about your running backs and your wide receivers. Justin Jefferson's coming back. Yacht Metcalf. We talked about him earlier. We love him rest of season, or at least I do. Uh, Nuke Puka. Like I think you're fine at wide receiver. Just my opinion. So. Yeah, I think the struggles at quarterbacks, you know, like right now it's probably tough for him. You know, Puka's not good and Jefferson's yeah. helping yeah, him yeah. right this yeah, second. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're at four and five. You're really at what, two weeks, maybe three weeks left in your season. Yeah, it's a good tough, point. Tough to sit and wait at this point. You know, Stafford's probably not going to be back. That's a good point. Levis yep. is like up and down with Hopkins. So, like, I could see what he's trying to do or try to honestly trade, you know, like Puka. Plus, he's on by plus yeah, a running yeah. back, you know, yeah. like maybe you could do that. Yeah. You might be able to do higher Puka. receiver. I mean, maybe you could do like Puka and, and Cook for T. Higgins. Try, yeah, try you know what I mean? Something like that. like that. Yeah. If you really want to try and go high, high. Yeah. I, I like that call, guys. Let's go ahead and round out the show tonight with uh, some in the scope. I have the in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. 
All right, we're not going to go through the mainstream waiver wire targets tonight. We have an article coming out on the site tomorrow for In the Scope. It'll list all those. Also, if you're with us live on YouTube, we're going to have those running on the bottom of it. Um, But these are guys, if you're watching the the YouTube live version and not the pre-recorded version that comes out on the podcast networks um, on Wednesdays, you you can look at all those. Um, I know we had a couple questions about tight end. Trey McBride, still available in over 60% of leagues. Taysom Hill right around that number as well. Um, th- those are some other higher end tight ends that we hadn't talked about. But let's talk about the in the scope targets. These are the guys that we can get after waiver wires run. We're just trying to play the long game here. We're trying to save people fab as we get down the stretch. And it's kind of a shittier waiver wire week already. So we're going really deep this week. Uh, Pope, I'll let you kick it off, though. Who is someone you're grabbing potentially after waivers run or for a zero fab bid? So, again, I'm almost going to kind of slightly pivot live because the picture on your there just reminded me of something but my main guy is kyle phillips um in tennessee um he's had two weeks of pretty good production um in this offense that is likely lost um traylon burks for a little bit i don't know if we've really gotten a ton of clarity um on that injury but he's seen some good production will levis has kind of revived that quarterback position giving us somewhat of a passing game as a decent receiver matchup down the run and he's kind of one of those high percentage kind of guys in the intermediate types of areas, easy PPR points. So if you're playing in a PPR league, he's only rostered in less, almost like 0.1% of ESPN league. So I, I, I think there's some potential here. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm going to grab him and start him, um, but I do think that he could become a safe option down the stretch potentially. Um, but my second guy is going to actually be Miles Gaskin. I totally forgot about him until I saw that, oh, wow. that picture right there. I, I'm sure he's not rostered in a lot. I don't know because I didn't look it up. But we were talking about Minnesota's backfield earlier. He's in Minnesota. I totally forgot he's even there um, until I saw that picture. And he's a guy that hasn't been there. They brought him in at about that same time as Cam Akers. So there's potential he could take some work from Miles, uh, from um, Alexander Madison. Or is he in Los Angeles? I think I was just about to Am ask. Am I wrong? I, I, he was in Minnesota. They had him on the practice squad, and then I'm I'm pretty sure the Rams got him. I, I'm pretty sure he's still with the Rams. It, it, Eyes with my... the Rams. So never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> Stay with Kyle Phillips. I'm sorry. Point three, point three percent rostered. And he yeah, but he's in L. He's in. He's with the Rams. I thought he was in Minnesota still. Hey, I, I do a soft spot for Miles Gaskin though, so I appreciate the shout out there. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a diehard Husky fan. I'll always have a soft spot for Miles Gaskin and Savon Ahmed. Yes, sir. I, I'm I going to use. Thought he was in Minnesota. Nope. Nope. The the always reliable ESPN fantasy app says he's a free agent. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think he's probably on a practice squad somewhere. That's probably why. Or maybe he's cut. I don't know. We Just miss you, Miles. That. Go with we... Kyle Phillips. <laughs> ignore the Miles guys. Just <laughs> skip over the next or yes. skip over that part of the the the, the podcast. Okay. Edit, <laughs> delete. Don't worry, we'll, we'll edit that out for the actual podcast. <laughs> Yeah, Kyle, you you, you heard Pope. Uh, mark 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 that one eighteen is the timestamp for that, my oh, friend. Yeah, just give <laughs> it. Uh, Scott, who do you got for us for in the scope week number ten? All right. Um, well, I told on myself for not watching the show last week because it was going to be Khalil Shakir, but he was discussed last week. That's a good option. But I'm going with Arizona rookie uh, Michael Wilson. Um, you know, kind of a somewhat under the radar, kind of non hyped, forgotten about rookie wide receiver. As the season approached, um, you know, decent draft capital, not not necessarily the best landing spot, especially with Kyler's injury, but Kyler's coming back. 
And I mean, he hit the ground running. I mean, you know, with, with, with rookie wide receivers, you know, early in the season, there's obviously not a lot to go on as yeah. far as, as far as analytical data. So you have to look at the peripherals and he was, he was one of the, you know, he was up near, up near 90% snap share right out of the gate with the Cardinals. Um, he's dipped a little bit. He did. I mean, he had a bit, he had a, he had a spike game where he had seven catches, 76 yards, two touchdowns, but it's been, it's been a minute since that game. He's kind of just been a little bit meh since, but he's still involved. I like him better um, as an option after Marquise Brown. I like him better than Rondell Moore. And no one exactly knows how this is going to go with Kyler Murray returning, but I'm banking on him that it's going to be better uh, as much as I love Joshua Dobbs and the whole story there. I'm banking on maybe not this week, but I'm banking on um, the passing game being more effective and the offense being more effective with Kyler Murray, um, even if he's not able to run as much, you know, coming off of the coming off of the knee injury. So, you know, Michael Wilson, they get they get Cleveland this week, which, you know, good defense, but they haven't. Oh, sorry. They get Atlanta this week. Um Cleveland last week. So, you know, pretty good matchup. The, the only the only issue I have with Michael Wilson is he does still have his bye. He's one of the one of the teams and he has yeah. a late he has one of the week 14 buys. Um, you know, but it's one of those things where if you've got a spot, you could stash a guy like him because like I said, we don't know if Kyler Murray's going to be super rusty or if it's, you know, if if everybody's going to thrive with him back under center. So, he's a guy at less than 10% rostered in the ESPN that that um I would be looking to stash if I've got a spot. I'm excited to see what he can do. I, I I want one or two weeks of him, and then you can probably move on. If he does nothing, cut him. Um, but but he's a guy like I wasn't even considering Michael Wilson for in the scope this week until you brought him up, Scott. So I, I'm cool with it. I'll ride with it. I I think it's an interesting stash candidate down the line. I'll round us out here with mine, and I, I'll admit, folks, I'm going really deep. I'm going balls deep this week. Um, this is a longer range, super speculative ad. I think you can even just throw him potentially on the watch list. I don't know if you you even need to roster him. Um, if you do, Adam Sunday morning, because he only has two receptions, four targets this season. And it's none other than Cedric Tillman of the Cleveland Browns. And I felt kind of similar a, a couple weeks ago when I recommended Trey McBride. I was just starting to see the snap count go up, see the routes run go up. And that's kind of what we're seeing with Cedric Tillman here. He gets the Ravens this week, um, but then the Steelers, Broncos, Rams, so it could be playable in a couple weeks. And why I like him is he just saw a season high in uh, in snaps, 74% of them. That's more than Elijah Moore. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is now out the door as well. And, like, I'm going to be honest. I've been on the, the Elijah Moore's trash table for a long time. I'm not – you know, Scott, I'm not a fan of Elijah Moore and – I think they need some juice here in Cleveland. I, I like what Deshaun Watson was able to do. Finally looks somewhat healthy here in week nine. This is a round three pick in Cedric Tillman. Um, kind of was the dude in Tennessee in 2021. Over 1,000 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns. Did get hurt in 2022, and I think that's why we saw his draft stocks uh, slip even a little bit more. But the Browns got to do something with this offense through the air if they want to get in the playoffs and make a serious run. And I think it could start with unlocking Cedric Tillman. So, again, super speculative. Um, but I'm going to have some feelers out there this week for him. I love that. I was a big Cedric Tillman guy. Prior to his his ankle injury yeah, yeah. And kind of falling off this year, he was like my wide receiver too in this class. So Ooh. I like him. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he fell significantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, draft capital yeah. and just everything and the emergence of some other players. But, like, 
I like him. Good size, good athlete, can run around mm-hmm. a lot, of, a lot of different routes. Um, yeah, I think there's some potential there for Tillman. Yeah, S- super. Yeah, special. I mean, in, in my limited, because I, I do, you know, like I said, I do like to analyze and come up with a my takes on on the rookie class, you know, just so I'm in the know. So I mean, I, I spend a lot of time on that um, this past offseason, more than I had before. And Tillman did kind of stand out to me as, you know, kind of um, why wasn't he being more hyped based on his his mm-hmm. statistical profile in college? So I, I like the call. I You know, he was a guy like I was looking at the start of the season and, you know, with the injury and just and the lack of playing time, it hasn't really panned out. You know, I kind of had him in the same boat as like a Jonathan Mingo and Mingo was seeing a lot more work in Carolina yeah. than, than Tillman. But, you know, Peoples Jones is gone, like you said. Um, and I mean. It's the first, like, you know, you you can't you can't ascend as a rookie until you get on the field, and so Snapshare is that first sign um, of a of a positive trend. So I like it, and he's absolutely free. Freer than free. That is our guy Cedric Tillman there, Pope. We can't thank you enough for joining us tonight, man. Tell us how we can best support you, not just throughout the remainder of the twenty twenty three season, but beyond, my friend. Yeah, I mean, just shoot me a follow over on X, uh, you know, Pope's FFH. Check that out. I'll have a ton of stuff. I'm sure this offseason um, there's been some talks. We'll probably kick a ton of uh, Dynasty stuff kicking up over at FTN Fantasy. So check that out as well. Um, yeah, just check out all my work over there. If you follow me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, um, I always have links to everything I do for FTN. So that's the best, most centralized location. Oh, yeah, guys. He's a great, he's a great follow. I'll Agreed. I wouldn't say that. I'd say that. I'm all right. No. You don't I'll tell en- me how to think. I'll endorse. <laughs> I appreciate the kind words, yeah. folks. And it was cool to meet you finally at the, the expo. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, yeah, I appreciate after- that. At least you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Seth's yeah, yeah. like, oh, I've never met you before. I'm like, I'm we totally, had a conversation. I'm one of them sober guys <laughs> that remembers more than most from those types of events. Yeah. No, I, I get do- it. I, it's a I- crazy event. So. No, I do remember you now. I do remember oh, yeah. now. Okay. It, it, okay. it, it, came, it came back yeah. to me. Okay. Want to thank everyone in the chat for riding along with us tonight, guys. Uh, Derek, Jelly, the month, Dave, you know, all the normal IBT family, and then so many more. We appreciate you guys coming for the ride. Um, easiest way to support us here subscribe to the channel, come back, hang out with us again, and check out the website, inbetweenmedia.com. We got a bunch of good shit over there. Um, Kyle, thanks for riding w- with us in the back end as well. And we'll see you guys on Friday with me and Eric for starts and sits. Until then, you guys know what to do. Keep it in between. Thank you. Thank you.